love laid Welcome to another episode of Lovely Bear. I am, of course, your host, Dion. Hope you guys have had a good week. What do you think of last week's episode? Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, so today I am joined by a previous guest that we've had on Lovely Bear. Karen, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me back as well. Of course, anytime. Okay, so guys, Karen, um, she kicked off the um, the first episode of season four, where she spoke about her journey in terms of adoption, and you know she did the most amazing thing. She adopted um, a baby that was found abandoned in Brixton back in two thousand and nine. Now, if you haven't listened to that podcast, please go back. Um, the episode is titled "Amazing Grace." Um, so please listen to that one if you haven't done so. Now today, Karen is back. Um, Karen and I have had a lot of talks off air. Yes, we um, have. And Karen's life story is quite extraordinary. She's been through a lot of things. Yes, it's been. I'd say pretty for me. Most probably not, but just thinking about myself. A very un- unique story for me. Very unique within my family, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Okay, well, this is the story of how I came to find came to find Desmond McKellar, who is my dad. Um, I never knew him growing up at all. I never even saw a photo of him. And I think maybe around the ages of six or seven, I really got curious and I started to ask my mum and she said to me, when I was three years old, one of my first sentences she can ever remember me saying to her when I asked her, where's my dad? Mm -hmm. And she told me he wasn't about. I said to her, mummy, when I grow up, I'm going to find him. And when she told me that when I was older, I was like, wow, I said that when I was three, because it's not a memory I remember, Mm -hmm. it's one that she shared with me. So, didn't really think about it, because I knew I couldn't do anything about finding him. And then once I hit 15, and I thought, okay, I'm old enough now, I don't, you know, I can go out and look for myself. I can do my own investigations. That's when it really started for me. So what were the circumstances? So so your dad was never a part of your life, even from a baby? I'd always thought he was in my life for the first eight months of my life. But it was not. It was for the first three months of my life. So he was at my birth, he knew I existed, and I have his surname. And I've always had his surname. So he was very aware of who I was. Mm -hmm. And I was born in Birmingham, 
So, and my mum said he came from Wolverhampton. Okay. And when I was younger, the only thing she could ever tell me was that he was roughly 10 years older than her. She knew that he had one brother. And other than that, she used to say he was secretive. He never told the truth. And never had anything really positive to say about him whenever I tried to engage in a conversation. Okay. Of who he was. And then when it came to what he looks like, because me and my brothers share different fathers, but there's photos of their dad in our photo albums. So when we're little, you can look through and you'll see. And I always wondered, where's one of mine? Mm -hmm. How comes there was none of mine? And she just, my mum just explained to me that she got me christened. And if he had turned up there, he would have had a photo taken, but because he didn't show up, he didn't. And she didn't have a camera when I was born. Because my mum was 21 when she had me. Okay. And that means if my dad was 10 years older than her, he would be about 31, 30, within that age oh, range, okay. I would have thought. So that's why she said there was never a photo of him. Okay. So how did not having your dad around affect you emotionally, would you say? I think emotionally, because you always grow up, well, I grew up thinking girls get on better with their dads than their mums and they're the apple of their dad's eyes. And that's what I saw with my cousins. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's what I would have. And then with my mum and my brothers and me, in my eyes, and even up until today, as much as she will deny it, but my brother won't, he was, they were always her favourites and I'm the girl, mm -hmm. you know, Karen, go and wash the dishes, go and do this. So to me, I used to oh, think... Oh, I raised my daughter and love my son. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah. We an episode on that too, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always thought, okay, you know, um, it made me kind of think, was my dad so bad? Why he literally doesn't exist, bar my surname. And then I'd look at myself and look at my mum and look at my mum, I, I don't look like her at all. So I must look like him, maybe, and I used to think, does that irritate her? Does the fact that she sees me mm -hmm. and sees him and certain things I may do to upset her brings back her memory of him? Because she didn't used to talk about him, so I don't know. These were all just questions I'd ask myself. And um, I, I first, my first point of call was going to the Salvation Army. And asking them, yeah. Can they help me? Because I'd researched and they help people find um, oh, I didn't know that. their birth parents. And when I got in contact with them and asked them, they said to me, no, they can't help me. And I was like, why? And they said, because you're an illegitimate bastard. And that's the first time what? I'd ever heard that phrase. And for the pure fact that it came from the Salvation Army, who I'm thinking, they're church people, they're God people. That's all that went through my head. So if anyone's going to help me, it's going to be them. Wow. And then when I looked up what an illegitimate bastard is, it was because my mum never married right. my dad. 
and they said if he's gone on and got on with his life and got children and a wife and he's never mentioned me they don't want to be the ones to destroy his world wow. so they will not help me and I was devastated Dion devastated because I'm only 15 and I thought, you know, that's a service where I don't have to pay them. I'm not working. Yeah, I'm still at school. Mm -hmm. They will help, you know. But note that door was abruptly and rudely shut in my face. Because even then, you're talking, when I was 15, it was the 80s, 90s. And to me, you shouldn't be talking to people and calling them illegitimate bastards. bastards. It's just, it's just a term that you yeah. you don't use, no. you know, because that I've I've never seen myself as that, N you know, never looked at myself as that. Just looked at myself as my mum's a single mum, mm -hmm. and for whatever reasons, my dad has chosen not to have contact with me. Mm. So how did so how did that make you feel, them calling you that? I felt like. Like it made me feel at that time like the scum of the earth. Like, mm. gosh, if they feel like this and this is a, a church environment mm. type thing, where can I go to get help? Because if their thing is the fact that he could be wherever he is playing happy families, because that's what I thought, because my mum had always told me what he told her, I was his only child. So I'm thinking, um, um... I'm the eldest, so any siblings I have will be younger than me. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, why has he chosen not to have anything to do with me? Because I remember as a child, I'd buy magazines. And back then in those days, the magazines would be, um, they'd have pen pals in them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'd search for people with my surname. Oh, wow. Thinking, okay, they could be related to me. But nine times out of ten, all the McKellars came back white. And I was like, let me find a mixed race one. Let me find it. Because there's, then there's a chance. Mm -hmm. And even on the telly, I'd watch all the Saturday shows religiously because they'd have children come up on the Saturday shows and they normally tell you the child's name. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, let me watch that in case that person's related to me. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm sitting there thinking if the my name Michaela comes up I really can't go any further than thinking oh, I saw them on swap shop yeah but I just thought let me at that age I was like let me try anything mm -hmm. then um I continued um just trying in that way and then when I became no and then when I became like 17 18 I asked my mum again and she gave me an address for him in Wolverhampton, which is the only address that she'd ever had. So um, how, how old were you then? 16, 16, 17, roughly. Okay. Maybe maybe 17, 18 more, because I remember I went away, I went up to Wolverhampton that weekend and stayed with my friend, and we went and found the address, but they changed it into a hospital, so that address okay. no longer lived there. And then I went to the library and did that thing that I've only ever seen it on telly apart from when I've done it, where you look for deaths and marriages okay, of yes, people because yes. I had his full name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Didn't really know what I was doing, but he wasn't under any of those things. So he hadn't died and he hadn't married, not that I found. 
um, remember talking to my mum about it and my mum would get very annoyed that I wanted to find him couldn't understand it she was like I'm here I'm your mum I'm your dad I'm everything he's never never given me anything mm. towards you I can't even say he's given me a penny he's not shown no interest why would you want to know and I tried to say to her mum you've your your dad died when you were 15 mm. but you had him yeah I've never had mine and for me, very much as a child, because, you know, living with your parent, you're young, you get told off to the... He was never able to tell me off because he never knew me. So in my head, I built up this picture of this dad that loves me and I could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'd also told myself that he didn't break up with me. He broke up with my mum. Mum, yeah. And maybe his fear of finding me because I was still young, means he'd have to interact with her and he wouldn't want to do that. So I kind of gave him that for a good few years. Right, okay. And then when I became old enough that, okay, he can find me and it doesn't have anything to do with her and it still wasn't happening because the key factor was my mum said, my uncle, who's passed away now, had a house in Streatham. Is that your dad's? My mum's brother. Mum's brother, right. But my dad had been there. And up until this day, my aunt still lives in that house. Right, okay. So my mum had always said, if he really wanted to find you and know where you are, he could go to Streatham and knock on that door and they'd be able to direct him in your way. And I'd be thinking about, well, maybe he's scared and that's your mm. brother's house. I'd make up all these excuses in my head to mm. myself to justify why he hadn't gone there now as I got older I wrote to Tyra Banks had a show Oprah Winfrey had a show I wrote to both of them I wrote to Jeremy Kyle he had one um they Jeremy Kyle got back in contact with me and said because I only had his name mm -hmm. they couldn't help me and because the address did was no longer a house mm -hmm. they couldn't help me so that kind of made me shut down then when I was like 18 19 so I'm now doing my little Saturday jobs and that and I'm getting some money I hired a private investigator to find wow. him because what I found out is if he had um voted because I vote because I was voting so mm -hmm. I realized if he had voted, it would he'd be, be on. The Tour, yeah, whether it's in London or back there, he'd. So they do. They did their search, all over England, Scotland, Wales, everywhere. Came back as he'd never voted. So, Ever? not while here. No, it was he was not on it at wow. all. So Elusive. I thought, okay, my uncle who is. Um, the diplomat for Jamaica and who lives in Bahamas, he said to me he would search Jamaica for me because mm -hmm. once I'd done everything you could I could hear yeah. at that age, I thought, okay, let me ask my uncle because cause he's a diplomat, he can get in contact with people even to the point of where my cousin, his daughter gave me a lit, like you know the telephone books from back in the day yes. mm -hmm. but all the McKellar's in the Jamaican telephone book and I'd ring them and ask them 
do you know a Desmond McKellar? Have you got a relative who's called Desmond McKellar? And they'd all say no. And I'm like, and I used to think to myself, gosh, okay, only Jesus didn't have an actual dad. Am I the next Jesus? I used to feel, <laughs> because how can this man not, not exist? exist and no one can know where he is? So to, to, did your mum not know any of his family members? No. She said he only mentioned his older brother. So, because she said back then, and even like talking to my aunts and uncles, not so much my uncles, but my aunts, they were like, yes, we, we met him and we saw him. But because Grace was young and she didn't want us in her business, she didn't really get us involved in her right, relationship okay. and getting him to be around too much. Right, okay. But they'd met him and their memories of him, he was really nice and kind and they liked him, but they didn't know him, know him. So that's also... And that kind of uh, helped me think, okay, he did exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I got married when I was 24 and I decided I wanted to keep my surname, McKellar. Mm -hmm. And my husband at the time was like, no, you've got to have mine. And I expressed to him that if I change my name and he's looking for me, it's going to be harder to find me and I want him to find me Mm -hmm. and I don't want to make it hard but we came to a deadlock and he was like nope if you don't don't take my surname then you can't marry me and then I kind of thought to myself here I am in love with this guy we're going to get married and I want to keep my surname over a man that has not done anything for me Mm. you know what it, it's not worth it because this is my chance and my shot at creating a life. Yeah. So I said, okay, um, and got married and everything was good. Marriage didn't last long, four years. And in that time, I really didn't focus on my dad. It was there, but I thought, okay, I need to kind of uh, put it on a, a pedestal because when I did focus on him, I was all in. It just consumed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even to the point of, I remember me and my mum had this massive argument. And at that time I said to her, okay, I will never mention to him, I will never mention his name to you again. But understand, when I find him and if I find him, I'm going to have to let you know because I'm going to feel like I'll be betraying you if I, don't. If I go ahead and meet him and you don't know. So was this before or after the wedding? Before. So did you, you know, traditionally you're walked up the aisle by your dad who gives you away. Mm. You know, as you were walking up the aisle, was that thought in your head or at that point had you had that? No, my uncle, who's my mum's my eldest brother, he gave me away. And I think because I never had my dad and I didn't have a, um, fatherly role in my life mm-hmm. as a child my uncle became the person that I looked at as, as a dad a and I treated him in that way as much as I always called him uncle but if ever my brothers were annoying me it would be him I'd phone and say uncle Richard is really upsetting me can you come and sort him out please mm-hmm. and he'd come and do it so he pretty much Took treated me like that and he would if he he worked 
in some management thing and when they had their little Christmas stews he'd come and get me and take me yeah, so he very much looked out for me in that way mm-hmm. so I kind of uh, he was between him and my uncle in Bahamas it was a hard one which one which one do I ask but then I thought my uncle Bert he's always been there for me let him be the one mm-hmm. that I asked to give me away and he was really he was like Karen I've never met him I don't know his family so I can't until I meet them and make sure that I feel like I'm giving you away right. to decent people. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, oh, wow, you know, because I thought he'd just say yes and turn up on the day. But he he took on the responsibility just in the same way he did for his daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. So from about the age of 16, 17, I never mentioned my dad to my mum again. Because the argument was so bad, I kind of thought... The only parent I got, yeah, I could actually lose over a parent that I have never met and may never meet. Mm. It doesn't make no sense. Let me just keep this one. And if it means I can't talk about him, then I won't. Um, because like I say, I became very obsessed mm-hmm. with finding him because as well, I've got lymphedema which is normally a side effect from cancer in the sense of you've got cancer, they remove the cancer, but in removing the cancer, they cut your lymph nodes. So then that patient then gets lymphedema, which nine times out of 10, the person would rather live with lymphedema than cancer Mm -hmm. because lymphedema doesn't kill you. In that sense now, I've got it in my left and my right leg and I've had it from about the age of 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And every time we go to doctors and stuff, especially when I was, they'd be like, is it in your family? And mm-hmm. I'd be like, mum, is it? No, no, no. Is it in your dad's? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. And I thought, here I am with something that isn't in my family, but most probably is in it's my family. Me. And I I don't know if it is, and if it is, if I meet them, can they help me deal with it? How did they deal with it, whoever had it? All of those things, you know, and I'm like, and I've got tiny ears, and people will be like, Karen, your ears are so small, and I look at my mum, oh, I think I've got my dad's ears, and then things like that, I feel like, my ears are really small, I feel like they're, that's from him yeah. and I was born with a patch of silver hair oh. and my mum always said oh you got that from Desmond and I'd be like okay so I had all these little traits of what I would class as him mm-hmm. but I didn't realise that it really was because I'm like maybe it's my mum but she would be like no it's him so went through all of that, like I say, got married, decided, okay, I'm married now, focus on my husband, focus on being a wife, focus on my new name, and everything was good, and we fast forward three, four years later, and he did the dirty on me, and we separated, and I instantly wanted to get rid of his surname, instantly didn't want it. Mm-hmm. and wanted to go back to Michaela, which I didn't know that's how I was going to feel. Yeah. But one of the first things to do 
was to get in contact with my banks, even though we hadn't officially divorced, and say, I'm separating, can I change my name back to Michaela? I don't want to be a Howard. And they were like, yeah. So even before it all went through, all my cards went back to my maiden name. Uh And I thought, okay, here's a chance now. Go back to my maiden name. If he's looking, he will find me. So, sorry to cut you. So his name's on your birth certificate? Yeah. So he signed it? Yeah. Hmm. So, what, so, trying to think, did birth certificates, did they put their occupation? Yeah, he was a tool maker, it said. And it said he came from Jamaica, but it didn't have his address. So I knew he was Jamaican. Hmm. I knew his name. And that was it. And And his signature was on it. So I knew he knew I existed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a case of, oh, my mum had me and didn't tell him. And I asked my mum, one of the things I asked her when I was younger is, did he ever want me? And she said, when I was younger, she said to me, he wrote her a letter telling her that he's settling down, he's going to get married, and he's going to apply for full custody of me. Yeah, so even knowing that made me think, okay, he he did want me. He may not have done Mm. it in the nicest way, And I asked her, what happened? And she said she just ignored his letter, didn't respond to it, Mm -hmm. because she said she was frightened because she was a single mum living with her brother with me. So she thought, if he does that, he will win. He'll win, And there's no way she's giving him to me. Mm -hmm. So she didn't respond. As an older child now, I kind of figured he did it to scare, scare her, her more off. than yeah more yeah, than in, okay. more than intentionally meaning mm-hmm. he was going because nothing ever nothing else but his letter saying he was going to do that came to her no solicitors letters nothing so it was just his way of frightening her I think mm-hmm. I don't think he had any real intentions so of do doing you, it do you know why their relationship ended my mum just said he was um too selfish only thought about himself and he lied a lot so that's why and and i think he may have been um may have been overprotective with her being young over her okay and more over me so but when they separated they separated so like i say got divorced Went back to Karen McKellar. Still thought, okay, looked into magazines, looked into things. Couldn't see anything. And then one day while I was working, like we're talking years ago, one of my work colleagues was like, oh, Karen, you should go on Facebook. I'm like, Facebook? I'm not into this internet stuff. I can't be doing that. She goes, but you can contact anybody. And I thought, really? And then I thought to myself, if I go on Facebook, I may find my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <coughs> so that's why I went on Facebook. I think I've been on Facebook for over 15, 20 years now. But that's why it feels like that. That's why I went <laughs> on it initially to find him. Because when the internet came in, I would always put his name in. Okay. Just randomly, see if anything would come up nothing would come up nothing would come up go on facebook i added so many 
I befriended so many people that were black with my surname, yeah. <coughs> hoping that I'd inbox them and say, this is who I am. I'm looking for my dad. Can you tell me if you've got a relative with that name? Everybody came back, no, no, no. And I'm like, okay. So strange. He is, he is not on the net. Yeah, there's nothing about him. But you know, like, Jamaica is a small place. <coughs> it's a big place, but it's a small place. <coughs> yeah. And, you know, particularly with your, your, with that surname, it's not that common, like, like a Smith or no. a Simpson or a Campbell or a, do you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, somebody must know who this yeah. man is. Because even with my uncle being a diplomat, so he's got so much power when it comes to Jamaica, because he's a diplomat mm. of Jamaica, he can find out anything. So I thought, if anyone can find him, it's him. Yeah. Because after he couldn't find him in Jamaica, I thought, okay, I now got to start with America. But I'm like, that's 52 states. Which one do I put a pin in and start with? And then... Florida, New York, that door, that, Canada. <laughs> that door gets shut and then I have to go for another 51. And I thought, I can't do it. Because mm. the rejection is hard. hard yeah you know i'm trying all my life i've tried to find him you know battled with my mum over it mm. you know and i haven't found him so but so back then when you were kind of like in the throes of searching did you kind of imagine what your kind of first conversations would be when you found him i thought that in finding him I used to think as a child that every year he brought me a present and when he sees me he'll give me them all because mm. um, he knew about me mm -hmm. and give me my card I used to think that and I think you know and my first thing was to just tell him daddy I love you I've always loved you I've always tried to find you um, and I just in my head I thought it would be magical I really did mm -hmm. um, I thought he'll he doesn't know me to be upset with me. I've never done nothing to upset him. So I was thinking we'd have the perfect relationship um, when I find him. And I'd always said that I want to find him and I don't care what it takes. And even when I joined Facebook, there's a lot of finding family pages. Mm -hmm. And I joined nearly all of them. Wow. From ones in America to ones here, everywhere. And then about eight, how old is my daughter? She's 10, so about six years ago. Yeah, when she was four, she's 10 now, so yeah. She was just about to start school. And I joined this, one of these sites that help find families, but it was in America, an American one. Um, because there's this guy in America and I watch his shows and he, he's really good at finding people who have very little information about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I just thought maybe he'll come over and do a show in England and then he'll want to help me. And this one evening, this woman put up on his, on one of his posts, anyone in America that wants help finding, uh, anyone that they're related to in England, I can help you. And I thought, okay, but she said, if you're in America, and I'm, I'm, I'm here in Croydon, I mm -hmm. wonder if she will. So I inboxed her and I said, this is my name. My name's Karen, and I'm looking for my dad. 
the only information I have of him is his name and an address that no longer exists. Can you help me? And she emailed, she messaged me back and said yes. So straight away I'm thinking, oh gosh, how much is this going to cost, cost me? me yeah. And so I said to her, at what cost? Can you let me know? And she goes, no cost. The only thing you'll have to pay for is if you want copies of birth certificates or marriage certificates or death certificates, if any of those things exist, you'll have to pay for those. But you don't pay me. You actually pay right, okay. the actual company and they will send them out to you. Uh-huh. So I said to her, okay, now, no word of a lie. Back then, I used to watch EastEnders. So while I'm talking to her online, I'm watching EastEnders. And she said she can help me. And I thought, no, because everybody else has. Between 6 o'clock, we st- I contacted her. By 7 o'clock, she touched base with me. By 10 o'clock, she was able to tell me how many children my dad had brought up. Wow. Who he was living with. Wow. Who he married. And... And she was based in the States? No, she was based here. Oh, she was based here? Yeah, but she was saying on that page, anyone that lives in America that is looking for anyone in England, she will help him, help them. Okay, so how (coughs) did she manage to find all of this in such a short space of time where... Where you've been looking all these years, private investigator, this, that. What what did she do that you didn't? I don't know because I never... Once she found out all of what she found out and I knew it was him, I wasn't interested in how she'd... Done it. Right. Done it because okay. you've now given me the information that no one... I've paid private investigators. I've re- written to the famous people... Even in between that, I'd contacted Long Lost Family, which is a show on ITV, three times, and I got um, down to being shortlisted twice. Mm-hmm. So when I was shortlisted, that's a chance that they can help me. And now I've watched this show and seen them find people that seem impossible to find. Because mm-hmm. people can make themselves hard to find, yeah. and they're able to find them. So you can help me. And they shortlisted me, and it kind of a really... Lost, made me lose my spirit in am I supposed to never find him because mm. even when I adopted my first child and I'm like okay she's going to be called Angel Michaela and I know what having his surname has done to me as a child my whole life feeling like I'm not complete who am I mm. my surname alone gave me so many questions so many insecurities because no one in my family had it yeah and I thought I don't want to do that to my children Mm -hmm. you know I want them to to know who they are yeah and in becoming a mum I considered taking my mum's surname which is her maiden name right okay and I asked her and she was like no but you're a McKellar you should stay in McKellar so I thought you know what okay I'll stay in McKellar because at least then I now have one more than me Hmm. as my daughter and she's mine yeah so I I was happy with that this lady within that time she was able to come back and tell me that she gave me the children's names his partner he didn't marry their mum's name the address of her in Wolverhampton which made sense because my mum said he lived in Wolverhampton so I'm thinking okay that makes sense I was really cut and hurt deep that I realised he raised two children and he didn't 
looking to try to raise me. Mm-hmm. Then she said he married someone who lives in Texas and she got me her name, but she couldn't give me anything else. Oh, how did she? Wow. Um, and I was able to get from the, the registry place a copy of his birth certificate, which had his mum's name and my granddad's name on it, Sheriff McKellar. Gosh, my granddad was called Sheriff McKellar. So I found out his age when he was born. So yes, he's 10 years older than my mum. There was no um, divorce papers. So as far as I'm concerned, he had that relationship in Wolverhampton. I got this lady's address and phone number. No, was it just her address? And I wrote her a letter explaining this is who I am. I know that my dad, Desmond McKellar, was your partner and he helped raise your children. And I named them so that she knew I wasn't a hoax. Okay, and this is in Texas? No, here in Wolverhampton. So she knew I wasn't a hoax. Can you help me find him? Is Do you have any photos of him? Do you know where he is? And what happened, this lady, when I posted that letter, she was on holiday and her son was looking after her house. So he went there, opened her mail, saw the letter from me and called me back. And he'd obviously, in between that, had um, spoken to his mum. And his mum was really perplexed and worried. How did this woman get my address? Uh How is she writing to me? How does she know this? So I explained to him that someone helped me and that they helped me find out where he's based. And it so happens to be the fact that he brought you guys up and he lived, he had a relationship with your mum. Can you help me? And he said his mum doesn't feel very comfortable with it. So she's not going to. So I thought, okay, you know, because she's obviously an older woman. I don't want to pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the woman in Texas, I had her name. And there's this site called, I think it's yell.com, where it comes up with people's addresses and that. Mm-hmm. And you pay, you have to pay a subscription and then you can open right, okay. the address. Now, I did that and about five addresses for her name came up with phone numbers. Mm-hmm. And I think in my excitement... I was just calling the number, forgetting I'm calling America, and there's a time difference. Okay. So she wasn't answering the phone. Uh-huh. She wasn't, and I'm thinking this person just doesn't want to know. And she is still has his surname. And the lady that um, helped me told me that's his wife. He married her, and the fact that she has his so in my head they're still married, mm-hmm. doing their thing. So I'm thinking I found him. He's in Texas. He's based in Texas. Um. I picked out, I called all the numbers, no responses. So after I'm getting all the numbers and no responses, and even though there was an email attached to the thing as well as their address, I thought to myself, everybody gets emails. And when you haven't got that person's email, it goes into the junk. junk so she might not get it. So let me write her. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a letter just explaining, my name's Karen McKellar. My dad is Desmond McKellar. I believe you're married to him. Can you please tell me about him or let him know that I'm looking for him? I've been looking for him my whole life. And this is the closest I've got to finding him. 
can you help me? And I forgot to put my email in the letter. No word of a lie, I thought, oh no, because I know back then it was the start of emailing. Everybody responds that way. She, as much as I've written to her, mm -hmm. she may want to email me back. So I wrote my email on the envelope after I'd sealed it. Okay. Posted it. Didn't hear anything. Then I became a foster carer, so I'm looking after babies. So my distraction went from waiting for the postman to come to looking after these little babies. So not thinking about it as deeply as, where is this letter? I'm panicking. Oh, she hasn't written to me. She hasn't emailed me. Um, didn't hear anything. Then a week before my daughter was due to start school in reception I'm on that site um is it Lindor or something the working one the job one where you can find jobs okay and I got a random message hello um how are you and it was from her I recognized her first name oh. and I'm like so I wrote back and I said I'm fine are you my dad's wife Dorian and she said yes and no and I said okay I'd rather not talk on this site and I sent her my email again and said can we email each other so, so how did she find you on the site I don't know I really don't know because it's a site for looking for jobs and I put myself on it saying that I'm looking for a job as a chef and these are my qualifications this is the positions I'm looking for so I don't know why she went there. Yeah, because I'm even surprised out of the five addresses, I only picked one and wrote and to that it. one. Wow. And I, I hit the nail on the head. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and she contacted me. And, her, and when she wrote me back on my email, she's like, I'm not with him. I don't know where he is. And I can't tell you anything about him. That was her email. So I thought, okay. So I said to her, hoping that okay maybe she had some photos that she don't want no more so she'd be willing to send them to me so i said as you know i have never seen him do you have any photos of him i don't have anything to do with desmond mckellar and i don't want anything to do with him so i thought okay um didn't email her again so i thought okay that's that's that, that's that. I can't, you know, maybe this is it. I I'm, I can't do this no more because every time, and now this door has been shut, this really hurts. Mm -hmm. And then she emailed me back and said, but my daughter is still in contact with one of his nephews and they're very close. So here's his nephew's email. And this was the, it must have been about, because obviously the time difference, must have been about 11 o'clock at night mm -hmm. I'm getting this email from her because cause I was, she might have sent it earlier, but because I was a foster carer and I had my four-year-old very busy, so can't yeah. go online mm -hmm. until late at night. So I see this at 11 o'clock at night. So I message her back because she messages me that her daughter knows his nephew. his nephew and here's his email, but she didn't send me a name. And I'm thinking, I can't email him and tell him all of this stuff about me 
without having his name because yeah. I've got his email. He yeah, might probably yeah. think, who's this freaky woman? Yeah. And da, 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 and just like, no, don't want to know. But when I emailed her back, can you give me a name? She wasn't responding. Yeah, and I'm, I'm getting a bit impatient now because I'm like, this is my chance. Mm. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to email him. So I emailed and I said, hi, I believe we're cousins. I've been told that you're Desmond McKellar's nephew and I'm looking for him. I'm his daughter. My name is Karen. I've been looking for him my whole life. He responds back, oh, it's great to meet family. And it's a funny thing because we've been looking for Desmond's children. And I thought, Desmond's children? Because still in my head, I'm his only child. Child. Yeah. And although you know that he raised the other two. Yeah, because they're not his. Uh Because she said they're not his. He raised that lady's children. And even the one, the lady he married, she was able to also tell me that was his stepdaughter, not his daughter. Daughter, yeah. So in my head, I'm his only child. Yeah. Now, he responded back and he responded with his mobile number. Feel free to call me anytime. By now, it's like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, God, I'm not going to be able to sleep. And he did say, call him anytime. So I've done so much all of this time and nothing happened. I am going to call him. Yeah. Yeah. So I call him and he's like, hi, my name's Dom. Um, Yes, your dad is in Canada. And I was like... So, okay, so where's this? Where's Dom? Where's he? He lives in... UK or US? UK. He lives in North London. Wow. And he's like, yes, you're dad lives in Canada with my uncle and I'm like your uncle he goes yeah your dad's brother um and I was looking for his children because your dad hasn't been well and we wanted to let his children know so I'm like his children and he's like yes and he referred to me by another name and I'm like no I'm Karen and he's like okay You have a brother and a sister who are both older than you. Oh, my God. But we haven't been able to contact them. How does... Okay, when you heard that, how did that make you feel? I just felt that... It made me feel that, okay, what my mum said, him being a liar, then he was because he told her I was his first. So it just made me refer back to then, okay, he wasn't truthful. Mm -hmm. Um... And then I kind of a thought, why can't they find his other children? Because mm. I'm, I'm searching for him, which is why I've come across you. But you can't get in contact with his other children. And in talking to my cousin, I'm like, and he's like, yeah, your brother, your sister, but we can't get hold of your brother for some reason. And he's um, not well. And your dad lives in a nursing home. And I said to him, um, can I call his brother? And he was like, okay, but I need to hang up from you, call my uncle Mm. and see if he will let me, let me give you his number. So I said, okay. And then when he put the phone down, I reflected that every time he referred to my dad, he referred to my dad as your dad and my uncle live in Canada. Now I'm thinking my dad and 
his, his brother are both his uncles because they're brothers. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, share yeah. the same mum and dad. Yeah. But he just, he never once called my dad uncle. He didn't say my uncle's sick, your dad sick. He just, your dad, your dad. And I kind of, I thought that was strange. Hmm. And then he phoned me back and he said, yes, you can um talk to uncle. Here's his number. So I called him and I'm like telling him who I am. And he said, um, Desmond never ever mentioned that he had a daughter. We kind of, uh, he told one family member and she mentioned it, but because he'd never said anything and we'd never seen or heard of this child, mm -hmm. we kind of thought, okay, he was telling a story. Okay. And then he said to me, your dad has just been taken back to the nursing home. He's been in hospital for two weeks. He had um, blood poisoning and is it pneumonia? I can't Pneumonia. And um, he's got dementia. So when I realized, okay, I'm now talking to my dad's brother. So I've really found him. D, I had every form of feeling you can feel hmm. went through me i was elated ecstatic happy joyful i couldn't scream loud enough because i'd found him yeah. everything that means being happy i was and i went from being happy to he's got blood poisoning he's got dementia he's just got over pneumonia He's dying. So I had all the happiest feelings to all the saddest feelings, all within the space of maybe five minutes. Mm -hmm. I was crying with joy that I found him and then crying with sadness that he's going to die. I found him and he's going to die. And he's got dementia. He's not going to know who I am after all of these years. Mm -hmm. He's not going to know me. At the most, he's going to think I'm my mum and maybe not be happy because instead of seeing me, He's going to hear her and see her. And yeah. they obviously didn't break up good. And I was... And he explained to me that my dad had lived in Canada for 10 years. And that they didn't get on. And my dad didn't get on with any of his family. And um, I asked him, do you go to see him? And he said he's been in the nursing home for four years. And I've only seen him three times. So I thought, okay, it's not good. Wow. And it's funny because now thinking back, remember I told you I used to Google his name? Mm -hmm. One night I did it and it came up with tall, slim, black man with salt and pepper hair. And that's how my mum had always described him to me. He's got salt and pepper hair. You had the grey patch. Your dad had salt and pepper hair. That's all I can ever tell you. Is missing in Canada. And it had the police information, yeah? Now, I called the Canadian police back then oh, okay. and explained to them, I see that this man went missing and you have found him now, yeah? I know you can't tell me anything about him, but will you take my information and give it to him? Because I think I could be his daughter. Right. And they were like, no, we can't help you. I was like, oh my gosh. Wow, so you, so you, so you were that So close, close but yet then. they still couldn't help me. Yeah? Wow. And I was like, every single time. And then when I found him now, 
And I said to my my uncles, like, um, yeah, he's in the nursing home, but he's not doing too well. And I put the phone down and I phoned my best friend and I said, Jay, I found my dad. But I don't know what I can do because he's in Canada. My daughter starts school next week. I've got the foster baby that I have to um, sort out and I have no money, so I can't book flights. And she said to me, Karen, I've known you since you were 18 and all you've ever wanted to do is find your dad. If I give you the flight money for you and your daughter to go, will you go? Love. Laid. Bear. And I was like, yes. And I got in contact with the um, social services and told them this is the situation I need to go. And that when you have a foster baby, you put them on respite to have a bit of a break. Mm -hmm. And say this was the Monday, my social worker never found respite for him until the Sunday. So I couldn't fly until the Monday. Monday, okay. So because she told me that he can go on the Sunday, my friend had given me the money and I booked the tickets for September the 23rd, the Monday. And in between that, I'd emailed the school and told them, I'm going to take my daughter with me so she won't be at school. And they hadn't responded back, but I knew they wouldn't because the school was closed. But in my mind, I'm taking her anyway. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, my family didn't want me to go. My mum didn't want me to go. What did you, what did your mum say? My mum was like, what are you going for? What has he ever done for you? You know where he is, just leave him there. Yeah, especially when I told her he was ill. Mm. She's like, there's no point. And I'm like, yeah, but that's easy for you, you to say. say. Mm. This is for me and it's my closure. Um, My uncle, Patrick, the one I was telling you about in Bahamas, mm. who's the diplomat, helped me my whole life. He phoned me off, tell me off about wanting to go, tell me I can't take his knees. And I'm like, okay, my mum's spoken to him. Yeah. <laughs> my uncle has never, ever raised his voice to me and now he's got time to phone me all the way from Bahamas to have a go at me. And I'm I like... That's so interesting that they... Well, what do they think was going to happen? Oh, but he's never done nothing for you. What has he done for you? What good has he done for you? What is it going to do for you? Your mum has always been the one that's been there for you. But that's not for them to decide, though, is it? No. So I'm like, but I have to go because I now have found him. Even if... Because I'd got in contact with the nursing home that he was in and they'd explained to me that he was eating... But his, uh, he wasn't talking, he'd stopped communicating, but his eyes were open and he could hear. So I was telling them, because they now said I'm his next of kin, yeah, because I'm the only person that has come forward. And this was in Canada. Remember, they haven't seen no paperwork from me, but I'm his next of kin. So why would it not have been your uncle that lives in Canada? Because my uncle chose not to have nothing to do with him, didn't want to know didn't want to know and then I said to um my family I'm going no if buts or maybes and I'm taking my daughter and then I was talking to my uncle and I said look I've got the flight money but I haven't got any money like to book a hotel can I um stay with you and he was like yes you can and remember I don't know him bar the phone call and by 
by then that week I'd spoken to my uncle quite a few times and I'd spoken to his wife and even though they've lived in Canada for many years they both sound very Jamaican and I'd said to my uncle how will I know you because remember you don't know what I look like and I don't know what you did he's like I love Coronation Street so I, I've got a hat that has Coronation Street on, <laughs> I will be wearing it. I have never seen a Coronation Street hat. Neither have I. I didn't know they existed and they <laughs> exist in Canada. So I said, okay. And I said to him, I'm coming and my daughter will be dressed in a purple tracksuit. She'll be purple head to toe. So if you see loads of black women come out with little girls, just look for the girl in purple. Then you know it's me because remember, we hadn't seen each other. And in between that, I'd spoken to the nursing home and I'd said to them, um, in, in that week, he was eating, but in that week, he stopped taking food. Okay. So I asked them, can you um, drip feed him? Because I'm realising now he's, he's, going, yeah. he's going and I'm not flying out until the Monday. And they were like, no, because the court said once he stops eating and drinking, we have to leave him. And I'm like, yeah, but now I'm here. Can't I intervene? Because you're telling me hmm. that I'm, I'm his next kid. of kin. And they were like, no, because we'd have to go back to court and you're not going to get here to be able to do that. Um, and they said to me, but we're telling him you're coming. And we tell him your name and he his eyes move. So I'm thinking, okay, okay. he does remember me because he was there when I was named. Um, and that Monday... I flew out. My my younger brother was the only one, really, and some of my cousins that were like, okay, Karen, go. Um, one of my cousins was like, Karen, go, see him and then leave. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not paying all of that money to go for a week. Mm. Yeah, and I only booked for seven days, yeah, because in my head, okay, he's in the nursing home. I didn't think he was going to die. I, I think I didn't want to think that. Mm -hmm. yeah so I went with the intention to meet him now me and my daughter we get to Canada and they ask you who have you come to stay with and I'm like I've come to stay with my uncle um and I didn't want to say to meet my dad because then be like because they asked what does your uncle look like da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. what does you and I'm thinking I don't know and I don't want to start lying yeah so I gave them the address and everything and um, they did all their checks and saw that it was all legit and then walked out into out of the airport into the waiting and I saw this old man but I didn't really notice his hat but he was standing next to this little Indian woman so I'm like that can't be my uncle because I heard a Jamaican woman talking to me my aunt's Jamaican and when I looked up I saw the Coronation Street hat and I'm like that's my uncle and he walked up to me and he introduced himself and I said hello and then I said hello to my aunt and then he said Desmond died four hours ago I dropped on the floor like boom I was crying I don't know what happened to my daughter I don't know whether I was holding her or I was holding the case but whatever I was holding I dropped and I was like no he died four hours ago and I just thought wow so halfway into your flight how could he do this to me? He knew I was coming because they remember the nurses had told me that they were telling him and he was responding as if to say, okay, with his eyes. And I was crying, I was crying and 
We got in the cab to go back to my aunt's house and she was telling me, don't cry. They used to call him Docky. Don't cry for Docky. Docky don't, wouldn't want you to cry. You don't need to cry. You never met him. And I'm like, that's easy for you to say. Mm. I've searched my whole life for this man. And I have thought of every scenario, even down to I will most probably find his grave. Not that he's going to die on the day I land in the country to meet him. I couldn't have written it. No. I was so distressed, yeah? And this was the Monday I was distressed. And then I thought, and of all days for you to die on my brother's birthday, so I will never forget okay. the day that you died, mm -hmm. yeah? Because the 23rd of September, 23rd of September is my brother's birthday and you die on my brother's birthday. Um, went to my uncle's house and I didn't really think anything of it. I thought, okay, he's dead. I don't know how, what happens from here on. And in between that, my aunt in Jamaica had got in contact with a family member who was my cousin, who I hadn't met, who lives in Canada, and gave her all my uncle's details so that I could communicate with someone according to my family that I'm related to. Because remember, I'm going to this man that I'm calling uncle, oh, but none of no. them know him, yeah? So yeah. I need to be with someone I'm related to who I've also never no. met, <laughs> yeah? But it's okay because that's your family, yeah? So my cousin Charmaine called me and spoke to me and said, oh, I'm here for you, I'll help you and everything. But she lived quite a way, but she drove down and come and got us and I got to know her. And the next morning when I woke up at their house, um, the Canadian government were on the phone for me and I'm like hello how can I help you they're like you're his next of kin he needs to have a funeral and the first thing I said I ain't got no money to bury him I'm, I didn't come here to pay for no funeral mm. and they were like you don't have to pay for it we've got his money and we can give you what the equivalent would be to Canadian dollars 10,000 Canadian dollars for you to spend on his funeral. And I was like, what if I don't do it? And they said, we'd have to give him a um, government funeral, but he'd have an unmarked grave. And I thought, no, I can't do that for him. Mm. And I said to them, okay, I will arrange his funeral. So they gave me the information of the funeral parlor where he was, where he was resting. And um, I went there and I explained to them that I'm here, I'm from England. They say that I've got to organise his funeral. I don't know no churches, no anything in Canada. I didn't come for a funeral. So I don't know where to do. And they've given me, they said I've got a maximum of 10,000 Canadian dollars to organise a funeral. And is this all within the space of the week of your All ticket? within the space of the week of my ticket. So what was, what, okay, what is going through your mind? Because literally you've just got to Canada, full of elation, excitement, can't wait to meet your dad. Then you're literally knocked over by this news that he's passed away. So your, your, your emotions are all over the place. At that moment... That statement of a thin line between love and hate became true to me again because up until that point, I'd always loved him. 
Mm. He'd never done no wrong in my eyes because he was never there too. So I put him on this really large pedestal in my mind mm. and he was my king of kings because one of my arguments with my mum was it takes two and without him, there would be no me. Yeah. So you've got to be grateful to him for, mm-hmm. some, for some reason because yeah. you've got me. Yeah, and you love me. So without him, so he did do something right. Mm. So I always used to give him that. And then the fact that in my head, you died because you thought I was going to be horrible to you. You just didn't want to hear it. Mm. I went from loving him to hating him. Like, how could you do this to me? And then in talking to my uncle and like, so you haven't spoken to my dad for 10 years. Explain what, what is it? Why, why do my cousins in London who connected me with you guys don't really have anything nice to say about him and say they don't know him. Um, but they wasn't really being horrible, but they were being really vague. Cause yeah. remember they don't really know me. And then what my uncle explained to me that back then, my granddad had brought what they would have classed as one of the first mansions in Wolverhampton. So a very big house, I mm-hmm. think. And my dad had, I think, six or seven siblings. Oh, wow. So he come from a big family. Yeah. And remember, he only told my mum he had one. And when my granddad died, my granddad left the house to my grandma, my dad's mum. But she was in Jamaica. And they say what my dad did, this is what I'm being told, what my dad did is he flew to Jamaica and he got his mum to sign the house over to him. Okay. And then he sold it and kept the money and didn't split it between his siblings. So for that... So that's where the breakdown in communication... Yeah. So do 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 you think then that maybe when you were calling certain family members and they were saying, no, we don't know him, they genuinely didn't know him or... Do you think maybe it was a case of, hmm, that man? Now I know what I know. I know they generally didn't. didn't. Okay. Yeah, um, because I know the family in Jamaica now and I know the family here. Um, at that time, I did think maybe that's the case right. because in understanding it, my cousins who are some of my age, some are older, they don't like him, but they never really knew him. So they don't like him from what their They've parents told, right. told them, you know. So your cousins that are here, and so out of the six siblings? Yeah. Is it like an even split between here and Jamaica? or? Yeah, but they'd all passed away bar my wow. uncle in, in Canada, Canada. And my dad was the last one. So my dad died and it only left my uncle wow, in Canada. so they were the two youngest ones? Yeah, my, my uncle was one of the older ones, but my dad was the youngest sibling out of all his siblings. He was the baby. Wow. Yeah, so... So how old was he when he died? He was... 73 or something. So something. Quite young. Yeah, he was a young man. Young man. And it was... I don't know, Canada was a week of, I never knew a week could move so fast and you could do so much mm. because from the funeral parlour they said, okay, you can have the funeral here. And I was like, okay. And they um, said, but I don't know no pastors. They said, we know one, we'll call him, we'll get him to come to your uncle's house and he can meet you and then he'll decide whether he can do it for you. This pastor came, I told him my story 
And he said, I've never met such a selfless woman in my whole life. I will carry out his funeral for you at no charge. Because he said, I don't know anyone who would fly from England to Canada for a man that they've never met Mm. and want to do his funeral and he did nothing for you. And I was like, but he's my dad. And as much as at that point, I kind of thought, he wouldn't do it for me, but I am not going to allow him mm. to change who I am. Yeah, because now I'm confused because I'm like, I grew up thinking I'm not like my mum, so I must be like my dad. And then when I'm finding that, but I'm not like him. So I'm like, I'm my own person. Yes. I really am my mm-hmm. own person. Yeah, and I still believe that. So I don't think I'm like my mum, really. And he did, the, he said he'll do it. So we went and I was saying to my uncle, can you come to the funeral parlour with me? And he's like, okay, I'll come. And I'm expecting him as the big man to take the lead. And yeah. he, he didn't want to know. He just sat there by my side as my support, but literally my silent support. And I'm organising the funeral and they're explaining to me, they take me into the back to show me coffins and they're explaining a paper coffin is cheaper than a wood one. And then if you want the paper coffin, it will be 600 Canadian dollars. And paper, then, interesting. Then you hire one that's all nice and pretty and uh, you put the paper one inside so it. So in the service, he's in that one. Because uh-huh. as well, I said to them, if I'm doing this, I'm not doing a burial because I'm not coming back a year later to put a headstone on it mm-hmm. and you guys won't do it yeah so i am going to cremate him who told me to tell them i was cremating them oh he would doc he wouldn't one day you can't bun him you're not bringing no doppy in my house my aunt was <laughs> petrified and i'm like well well it'll be my house who will be coming yeah if, <laughs> if you want me to do it i've got to do it my oh, way yeah. or none at all mm. and i'm not going to get a grave because then I have to find land where he can be buried and then a year later I'm going to be expected to come back and do it I'm not doing it oh but you know we Jamaicans we don't like being burnt well he ain't got no choice yeah he didn't stay alive long enough for me to ask him Mm. I'm doing what I know I need to yeah yeah? Mm -hmm. so we organized the funeral and I'm thinking to myself and they're like flowers and I'm like but I don't know no one to to invite him because I'm asking my uncle who's his friend I don't know none of his friends then my aunt pipes up oh his ex-girlfriend I can call her and maybe she can get some friends to come along yeah arrange the funeral the funeral came to 10,700 yeah so I called them back the government and said I'm 700 pounds over budget and I've done the cheapest funeral possible, but I'm not giving you hmm. the 700 pounds. Can it happen? And they're like, okay, yes, we'll give you the 700. Then they said to me, and you have to buy him a suit. I'm like, but I don't even know what he looks like. Yeah. Oh, and you also have to identify his body. I've told wow. you, I've never seen a photo of him. Yeah. So at this point, so your uncle didn't have any photos of him in the house? Only from back in the day. So I still don't know what he looks like. They're like, well, you're his next of kin, so you have to identify him. Um, went to the um, funeral parlour where he was, 
And the only way I could identify him, I said to the guy that took me in, I went in and had a look. Because I asked my uncle, my uncle came with me. Uncle, do you want to go in and have a look? No. So I said to the guy, this one in here looks like that one out there. And they're brothers. So that is definitely Desmond McKellar because he looks like this one and that's mm. his big brother. And that's the only way I can identify him. Did you, so when you saw your uncle, did you, did he, does he resemble you at all? Can you see a family connection? I saw the small ears. Okay. Um, My eyes. And they instantly said, oh, you look like him. Instantly. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that, even though I, went with my birth certificate and that because of all of what happened i never got to show him it and i'm like wow they've let me in their home with my little girl mm. and they're really looking after me like i'm one of their own yeah but he's not asked for no proof mm. but he's telling me yes you look like him yes you look like you've got some of his mannerisms duh, 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 oh, duh, duh, wow. duh. and i'm like okay so that was his identification and then they're like, you've got to get him a suit. So my aunt said that his ex-girlfriend said that she had one of his old suits. But they said to me, he needs underwear. And I'm like, you realise I'm cremating him? Why does he need underwear? Because in my head, I'm not, I'm not spending no money on this man. <laughs> yeah? I'm not spending a penny on you. Mm. I now realise that in the whole of my life, I think I was 43... 43 years, you have not told anyone about me. You've chosen not to have anything to do with me. You've had my brother come out and spend time with you in Canada. So you, it's not like you um, didn't have anything to do with any of your children. Mm -hmm. You picked who you wanted to have stuff to do with and who you didn't. And I feel like one of the rejected ones. So here am I doing this, but I don't want to go all out. That's what I'm telling myself. Was there a... What that being said, was there any stage where you kind of felt like maybe I should have listened to my mum? Only, the battle only came when, when I called her and I wanted her support and she was still very angry with me. Oh, he's dead, get on the plane and come back. You ain't got nothing to do. And I was like, no, I, I need closure. That's not me. Mm. That's what I feel he would do. I can't do it. They didn't understand. They were like, Karen, you you found him. Turn around and come back home. There's nothing else you can do for him. You know, and I'm like, but mum, even his own brother doesn't want... So if his own brother doesn't want to, then why should you? You do, yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess, in a way, they're... I guess they're just trying to protect you it, in their own way. Yeah, and it was very much a protective thing. Mm. But I was like, no, I've come this far. And I need to do what I know is going to make me feel right mm. in this matter and even that like it was really hard because I had my four-year-old with me and I had to be strong for her yeah but every night once we went to bed because we were staying in one of my uncle's rooms and once she fell asleep I just held her and cried and cried and cried because mm. I didn't want her to see that I was crying because I had told her we're going to meet your granddad, granddad. Mm. we're going to meet granddad Michaela we're going to see granddad and then I have to tell her granddad died. He's no mm. longer with us. He's now in the sky somewhere. So that was really hard. But if I think if I did not take her with me, 
I wouldn't have been able to cope. cope. But because I had to be a mum, mum, I had to stay strong. Yeah. And then I remember my my mum wasn't supportive over the phone. And as much as I was staying with my uncle, I didn't know him. Yeah. So I didn't feel completely at ease and like mm. I could completely be myself. My cousin Charmaine, they were tremendous. And even now we have a great relationship because even on the day that I had to identify him I didn't want to take Angel Grace I didn't want her to see it or anything she was like Karen I'll come down and we'll take her for the day and my children will keep her occupied she can stay overnight and we'll bring her back and even when I said to her oh they want vest and underwear for him I ain't gonna do that and she said Karen I'll buy it what is his frame what and I said he looks like my uncle like that Mm. one there so she was like okay I can buy that for him and my aunt was able to get a suit and a shirt and a tie from his ex-girlfriend who by the way put him in the nursing home and then decided she don't want to be with him oh i see so that's why she still had his clothes yes um okay because she was the one that reported him those years ago missing yeah so what did so do you know so what was the circumstances of him going missing Dementia. Yeah, he just went walking one day and walked maybe 60, 80, 90 miles and didn't know where he was, but also didn't know who he was. Wow. So, and that's how he went missing. So that, so I now know that when I Googled and it came up, that was him. him. That was definitely him. He was so close. Yeah. On a deeper level, I just find it really interesting that you kind of made these revelations within a week of him dying. Yeah. Did you ever feel like there might have been a reason behind that? Do you know what I mean? Considering for how long you've been looking and then... I kind of am now because no one who is... It's going to sound silly, because I am, but because no one who is related to him has anything good to say about him, I'm kind of like, maybe it's better because he wasn't able to hurt me. Okay. Like, physically hurt me in Mm -hmm. knowing him. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that's why it was better. I still wasn't happy that it happened that way. I think I would have been happier to find his grave than to... Because my, my biggest battle was not that I want my mum to go anywhere, but I'm like, I haven't done her, so why am I doing his? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me to mm. get to grip with. Um, even though it was his money to be doing this for you and you haven't done nothing for me, but yet if I don't, no one is going to, so mm. you'll just have a really plain um, burial somewhere. I can't do that to you because ultimately I kind of concluded to myself... Without him, I wouldn't be here. So, if anything, I am eternally grateful to him for my life because it takes two. And I've always had his surname. So, a part of him has always been connected to me a lot deeper than he may know because of the type of person I am Mm -hmm. and my fight to find him and my will to find him. Would you... How do you think you would have felt... Because you did mention earlier that, you know... You mentioned something about if you'd found him and he would was already dead. How would how would that have made you feel if you'd found him, but then literally it was like he died five years ago? I think I would have been extremely sad, 
still upset that I hadn't found him before because I know that I'd been trying mm -hmm. and most probably very upset with long lost family because I've seen them do it and get people together mm -hmm. and it work and I, I kind of think say within that five or six year gap he would have still been alive maybe his dementia wouldn't have set in as strong and we could have had a little bit of a conversation where he could tell me about he who he who who he is and I could tell him about who I am because I'm still left with the oh did I get lymphedema from him because my aunt back then, yes, I did think he had a big swell foot, but we never did arts. And I'm like, okay, if his foot was swollen, mm -hmm. then maybe it was. But back then they wouldn't know what to look at. So maybe I do get the lymphedema from him. Um, had to go to his nursing home and go through his stuff. And that was like, you know, though, when you see it in movies and you mm -hmm. have to, and it was a big black bag of stuff. And even walking through that, I kind of thought, gosh, I'm glad that he isn't here because I don't know if I could handle visiting him mm. on a day-to-day -day basis in this establishment because there was loads of other old people there with different issues mm. and I think it would have been too much for me. But to go through a bag of stuff which was his, which was barely nothing because he was just left with a black bin liner of stuff. Mm. And I thought, let me see if there's any suits or shirts in there that we could dress him in. Um, and I found his Bible, I found his glasses, and I found um, a book that he had highlighted a lot in, and um, a little wallet, and I took, those are the things I took, and I thought, I'll give him his glasses, because obviously he needed them to see. I was tempted to keep his Bible, but because he highlighted so many different scriptures in it, okay. I thought that needs to go with him. Mm. And I kept the wallet and the book for myself. And then, because they'd explained to me that even though he's got money to do his funeral, he's got debts. So they have to use his money to clear all his debts because even though, for example, one of his debts was a car findee, which was maybe $76. Mm -hmm. But because he'd been there for like four, three years, the companies, they don't freeze it, even though they know that he is not in a mental state of mm -hmm. mind to be able to know that he has it or even pay it. It's awful. So all of his debts and all of were piling up. So that's where most of his money went. So I said to them, I'm, I'm not here for money. That's I came to meet my dad to know who, who mm. he is. I need to feel complete. This is the first time in my life that I feel complete. So, so, so did you honestly have a feeling of closure? Didn't have the closure. I just felt complete. I felt like, okay, I know who I am now. Mm. But I didn't feel like I had closure. Um, not then. Because I think because everybody here was so against me being there and I felt very alone mm -hmm. and un understood by the people that love me the most. And I'm like, gosh, this just I don't feel like what I'm doing is right, but I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And imagine I flew in on the Monday and his funeral was on the Friday. That, wow. that um, funeral part, they helped me so much. And I went and it was me 
my uncle, his wife, and they have a son, and their son came, and then his ex came with about six of her memory, her member, her family members to support her. Bearing in mind she hadn't seen him for like two or three years, so why you need so many people to support you at his funeral is beyond me. Mm-hmm. But I thought, okay, I'll let her have it because maybe if they wasn't there, it would have only been us mm-hmm. and his one friend, just one single friend. Mm-hmm. And um, they had the funeral on. But yeah, they did it really quick. I went on the Monday. I flew in, landed on the Monday, the day he died, and his funeral was done on the Wednesday. So within three days, they 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 did it. And I even said to them, I want to cremate him, and I'm going to take his ashes with me. I'm not leaving them here. Um, can you do all of that paperwork? Because I, I leave the country yeah on friday the friday and they were like yeah we'll get it all done for you and i, I thought yeah they will they, they're saying it but they won't but we'll have to so we had the funeral on the wednesday in the funeral parlor so nothing big um but yet still had to do all the the card things that you do and because of the way they do it you can't buy you can't buy a bundle of 20 it has to be like a bundle of 80 or more mm-hmm. so there's loads of them my uncle gave me a picture of him and i found this and i must show you one day this um poem that talks basically i would have thought i wrote it because it talks about loving someone and never meeting them but finding them and they're flying away and it kind of a really just told my story, story of how yeah. I see him in that. So that's what I did as his, is it eulogy? How do you say it? Eulogy. Eulogy, because by then I felt so disconnected from him, whereas two weeks before that, I would have ride and died for him and mm-hmm. felt connected to him, but I'd lost it all because I kind of felt like you died on purpose. Because for me, he could have died on the Sunday yeah mm. but he died on the monday the day i landed London, yeah. so you, did you deliberately die because i was coming <laughs> you know you could have mm. if you had died on the sunday they would have contacted me and said karen your father has passed and i would have known what i was coming to deal with mm. yeah but it didn't happen like that um did his funeral and even when when it came to choosing his coffin and that they showed me these teddy bears and stuff that you can put some of the ashes in and these lockets so i said i chose the urn and then i said i'll have a teddy bear with a heart locket and you can put a little bit of the ashes in there and the rest in the urn and so his funeral happened and um when i went back to my uncle's i said to him thank you for coming with me and he looked me in my face and he said if it wasn't for you karen i would have never have gone to his funeral and I thought, wow. The... So that's why I guess you had to be there because mm-hmm. if you didn't go, no, no one would have. No, no one would have. No one would have come forward, and and then I showed him my birth certificate when we came back, and he was like, "Yes, that's my brother's signature. You are his." And I said. Why did you doubt it? He goes, no. But now I know you really, really are his because I know my brother's signature. And I thought, wow, you know. And um, 
So we had his funeral, the Friday came, I had to go, didn't think they'd be able to get it all ready. Everything was ready for me and I was like, but I'm not packing these and I don't want the um, people at the airport to think I'm taking drugs, <laughs> yeah, and I've got my child and they're like, no, we'll write all the paperwork, but you will have to get it scanned, but we'll write it all so they know what you're going through the um, airport with. Um, Within a week, I'd identified him, gone to his nursing home, picked out stuff for him. Um, I spent time with my aunt and uncle, getting to know them and try to understand who he who he was as a dad. <coughs> and that's how I found out that my brother had gone back and forth from Canada, spending time with him. And that I had a sister, and they thought I was her who they'd heard about. But then, okay. because my name wasn't hers, they realised, oh no, you're his third child. And I'm like, okay. So, where are your siblings now, and how come they didn't come out to <coughs> Um, In coming back, my cousins, because some of them are still based in Wolverhampton, no word of a lie, my cousin, who lives within a 10, eight minute walk from me, who all the years I've lived where I've lived, I've walked past his house, never ever saw him. My dad's sister's son lives within 10 minutes away from me. And I went all that way to find him and I had someone this right on my doorstep. This is why they say this, <coughs> I have to live good with people because you just don't know. You just don't know really don't know and I was very worried that my cousins because there's like they're five brothers I've got cousins in Wolverhampton as well but the ones that are based here for three of them are based here and two of them are based in Wolverhampton they're the ones I'm in connection with more they have no love for him okay so I kind of thought okay I'm his I've gone and done his funeral they're gonna not like me but they've just they've taken me in as who I am. They mm -hmm. tease me because their surname is Bean and mine is Michaela. You're you're definitely a Michaela. We're not. I'm like yeah, right. It's only because <laughs> it's, it's only because your mum married. Um, and even that, because in my head I thought, okay, I'm gonna cremate him and then I'm gonna bring him somewhere and spread his ashes and go back and visit him and just do that yearly thing. But because of the disconnect, I thought. I'm not going to do that. And what am I going to do with these ashes? And I only want them in my house for a little while. I don't want them with me all that time. And they explained to me that their mum was the only sibling that still loved him and had anything oh, to wow. do with him. And okay. he was he was her favourite brother. But their mum was buried in the same grave as my granddad on top of my granddad. Uh-huh in Wolverhampton. So I asked them, do you mind if I come up to Wolverhampton for the weekend and then sprinkle his ashes on their grave? And I was thinking they'd say no because it is their mum's grave and they have nothing good to say about him. But they were like, yeah, you can do that. And that's when I got my closure. When I sprinkled his ashes, mm -hmm. I felt like I'd given, I'd put him somewhere where he wanted to be mm -hmm. and he's at, now at peace. Okay. And that's when I felt my closure and thought, okay, that's done now and mm -hmm. I can now move on. Um, Have you moved on? I'd say I've dealt with it. I still 
find it hard at times because the fact that he died but I still I have to look at it like maybe it was for the better because my mum always used to say to me growing up well it's better that you don't have no father than a father that don't treat you right and and making you empty promises and never coming to see you at least he's never done that because you've never known him which when she was saying that to me I didn't look at it in that way yeah. but now as an adult I think you know what it was better me not knowing him than him than me knowing him and him breaking my heart many times in mm. that way um I found my brother and that was really funny because again through Facebook on Facebook Messenger you know I don't know if it's ever happened to you but after like about six months after I came back these messages randomly came up to me that people had messaged me and one of them was my brother's name and I was like is that him so I said to my cousins and they were like, yeah. And he said, oh, um, I heard you been looking for me because my cousins had spoken to him, oh, okay. but hadn't given me his details, details because right. what they'd explained to me, he's not of a savvy character. They wouldn't want me to meet him on my own. If ever I was to meet him, I must make sure I've got either them or my brothers with me. And they explained that. Back in the 80s, my brother used to... Um, remember that tablet, Acid? Yeah. He used to sell that in clubs. Uh-huh. And he's done time in prison. And ironically, he's a chef. That freaked me out. No way. Because he's a chef by trade and I am a chef by trade. <sighs> and without knowing him, I've taken on his exact same career. Now, and then they said to me, Oh you can read about him and I was like how and they were like just before Scary Spice Mm -hmm. became Scary Spice he dated her back in the day just before she became famous and then when she became famous Mm -hmm. he tried to sell his story to the news of the world about her in a (laughs) negative way but what the news of the world did is they switched it on him and sold his story as this drug dealer that was horrible to her and everything and used to date her, yeah? Big front line, big front page news article, yeah? Oh, my God. Sunday news. And that's how I found out that it was a chef because they give his job description and da-da-da-da-da. So I thought, okay. So I messaged him and he didn't respond to me on Facebook for a long time. Then he did. And I told him who I was. And then I gave him my number and said, call me. Because I thought, you know what? The only person I wanted to find was my dad. I'd never ever thought of, oh, I want relationships with siblings. I looked for siblings because I thought that might be the connection to get to him. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily want a relationship with them. Um, So I thought, I'm not going to chase him down for him to neglect me. And then one day, randomly, he called me and we had a long conversation. And, okay, I'm 47 this year. And he's going to be maybe 57 or 58. So he's a big man now because he's much older than me. Right. But he hasn't changed. He's still how my cousins described him. Because 
when I was talking to him, he's like, oh, I'm not working at the moment. I'm living here and here. Um, and I'm not with my girlfriend and I'm looking for jo a, a job. And I thought, okay. And then when I said to him, why didn't you get in contact with Canada when he wasn't well? And he said, he said to me, I was always getting these calls, but I refused to answer them because I didn't have no money to pay for his funeral and I didn't want to pay for his funeral. And I said to him, okay. So in his he head... want to pay? No. Why not? Because he says that Desmond used to go and see him he used to go and spend time with him but he always put his women first which is my cousin has explained to me is very much a player very much a charmer always had a girl on his hand um very much that man and he felt like he put his women before him and then he explained oh i have a sister who's our sister who they must be like 18 months or 12 months between them. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so who's my sister? Where is she? Um, he's like, oh, she got adopted. And I'm like, pardon? He's like, yeah, she's got adopted and she doesn't want anything to do with him. Doesn't have his name still. Does not want anything to do with him. And I'm asking to him to explain it to me, but he couldn't. So I'm thinking maybe he's still doing drugs or whatever. But in my head... I have concluded now Desmond didn't like girls because if he was with their mum, mm. had two children, raised them for a certain amount of time and they're very close together in age, but yet they give the girl away and they don't give the boy away, that don't make, make no sense. sense. So, where's, so where's your brother's mother? He pa passed away. Oh. That doesn't make no sense. Now, he said to me, and that, and that's the only phone call I've had with him, he said, oh, she would love to meet you. She would love to meet you. And I said, is she on Facebook? And he goes, no. He goes, I'll connect you. So I haven't held, because I haven't heard from him, it hasn't happened. Because um, I want to understand, because I understand her hate and bitterness towards him in the sense of you kept my brother, but you didn't keep me. Mm. Of course, that's gonna make a person bitter. Of course. Yeah, without without so question. Did, so did so was she adopted out when the mum and dad were still together and married? Yeah. That's so. And strange. they and they kept my brother. And so she's younger than him. Yes. Yes. And the, the funny thing is, even the other day, um, Pierce Morgan did Mel B's life stories. Yeah. And in it, it comes up with all her boyfriends that she's had. And the very first picture is of her with a black guy. And that's my brother. Really? And I thought, wow. Wow. You know? Oh, and I thought, good golly. So it's just been a roller coaster. But my, my cousins, they've kept me on, I've gone down there, I've met other cousins from Wolverhampton mm -hmm. and they're just, they've just accepted me and my children and mm -hmm. they just love us and it's just, it's just really nice but now I, I see myself in people, I've never seen myself in my family, mm -hmm. you know, to the point of I used to say to my mum, do I look like my granddad, which is her dad who died and they don't have photos of him, so I convinced myself I must look like him because I need to look like someone who I'm related to. Mm -hmm. But I now can see where 
I look like, like him. I now right. understand why. That's why my hair is so fine. That's why I've got small eyes, mm. ears, and small eyes and a um, flat nose. And it just makes complete, complete and utter. Se- I now make sense to myself. But I'm looking at you and. You see, see my mum. Yes. I see, but I don't see her. Very, Maybe because I've got older. <laughs> very, very, like very, very much like. Honestly, across. Sorry, you can't see this guy. <laughs> like across, like your kind of eyes and those cheeks. Literally here. Yeah. I just see your mum. And I don't see it. But maybe you didn't want to see it. No, maybe I didn't, and that is my story of finding him. And I just, I would not have written it. I had every, when I say every scenario of finding him and was quite settled with finding him in any which way, but I hadn't even contemplated him dying Mm. on the day I go to meeting and me having to organise his funeral. Yeah, you can't write that. Didn't, didn't think it would, it could be. You know, there's a lot of people who, you know have or haven't even had any type of relationship yeah with their dad if you were to speak as a child to a father who's listening mm-hmm. that does not have contact with their child what would you say to them i would say to them even if you write to your child even if it's once a year and it's a birthday card, just to let them know that you care, just to let them know that you're there, even even if you have to now go through the court system to do what you need to do to see if you can get some contact, fight and do that fight because even if it doesn't work out for you, your child will know that you fought to have a relationship with them rather than nothing at all. Just do your very best to just allow your child to know that when they get older, there's something because even if you write the cards and write the envelopes and put them in the envelopes and you never get to send them because you don't know where they are, when you do give them to that person, they're going to know that they wasn't all written today Hmm. they're going to see from the state of the envelope that that was written many years ago and that will take away any bitterness any bad seed that may have been planted by the other parent but i think it's very important to know who you are so for all the dads out there that aren't in contact with their children especially if it's because of your choices and not the other parents' choices, make that change now because while your child is still young, they're still adaptable to change and accepting you. Don't leave it until they're older and they've got more reason to be harder in their, towards their feelings mm-hmm. towards you and not tolerate you as an individual because, yes, there's been a mistake made because you haven't had nothing to do with them for a little while, but that can be rectified because I think if I had found my dad when I was younger, there would have been some form of a relationship because I would have tried, I would have wanted it, and he would have seen that I would want it. And as much as 
he's been painted out to be this uncaring, heartless man in that way. I just think maybe for him, the longer you leave something, the harder it gets. So he just decided, I can't do it. Yeah. Because to me, as much as I have a disconnect for him, Dean, like I told you, I've got a teddy with a little heart colander in it, inside of it with some of his ashes and it sits on my bed yeah and when children come to my house they think that that teddy is to play with mm. and it may disappear and they don't know where they've put it and until I find it and it's back on my bed I don't feel at peace I mm. don't feel at rest you know um and I just think all children they never asked to be created. They never asked to be be born. They didn't put themselves in this situation. It takes two to make them. So the two parents, no matter what, should stay involved. Don't mm. allow your bitterness towards their mum to destroy your relationship with your sibling. with Not your sibling, with your child. child. And how would you... How would you describe the feeling of not having because I just I just I kind of I kind of want parents you know people who are fathers or even mothers that have abandoned or you know lost contact with their children what are the emotional effects of having absentee parents okay for me as a woman I grew up thinking I never had a good relationship with my brothers, but I th and I thought that was a sibling thing, and I now understand it more of a, as a sibling thing. But I kind of, as a child, thought, well, if my own dad don't want me, why would my brothers? Because they're men. They're mm -hmm. going to be men. Um, when I got married, when I met my husband at the time, I was elated because I'm like, wow, someone that is of the male... Species loves me because not even my own father does. But yeah, I can find someone mm -hmm. that did, does. But in the same speed, when he cheated on me and we got divorced, I was like, well, Karen, what do you expect? Your dad don't want you. Why would he? Mm. Yeah, and... And is that... So did you feel that kind of rejection from boys to men all throughout your life? All throughout my life. Even now. Okay. Even now. As, as and I'm single, I'm 40, 46, 47, I'd love to be in a relationship. But I put it down to the fact that if he didn't, that's why men don't. Um, I think even that's why it spurred me on to adopt rather than go out there and make a child with someone then that just decides that they don't want to know. So I thought, I can't do that to my child. Mm. I can't deliberately get myself pregnant and then the father has nothing to do with them and I let my child go through what I went through. I, I don't feel that, I feel, I don't feel, I feel very vulnerable when it comes to men, very unsure, because mm -hmm. for me, even now, even though I feel like I'm a strong, independent woman, I don't feel like I can rely on men or why would one want to mm -hmm. be there for me 100 when, the person that created me chose to have nothing to do with me, mm. didn't search for me, didn't try and be rejected by my mum, mm. just didn't try, you know? And mm -hmm. I thought, I, I don't want to do that to 
a child. Yeah. And that's how it was looking for me. Mm. So even in how I've adopted my children and they don't have a dad, I don't feel any responsibility for that. I don't feel like I'm to blame because that's not my fault. Mm. I adopted you as a single person and, mm. you know, if someone comes along and they can take us all in, then so be it. But at the same time, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it, I think it's mighty important for dads to stay in their children's lives because if you don't and then their mums meet someone or even if it's the other way around and then they transfer their attachments to that person you can't argue the point because as far as I'm concerned if you are there there's no way anyone else can take your place mm. no way you will always be their number one mm. you know only you can allow that to happen not not the other parent only you and you only make that happen through your absence. Wow. So, what does the future hold for Karen? I don't know. Hopefully, my... Well, it won't be a prince no more because I'm a bit old. So my king is out there waiting for me <laughs> somewhere. Um, but, but is Karen open enough to allow a king to step in? I'm, That's the question. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to let go of all of that and regain my trust. Because for me, Dion, it's like every man that I've let in has hurt me and has let me down. Mm. And it's not because I haven't given my all because even if you asked them they would not say it was me they'd say it was them which then gave me a complex because what is it about me that makes them decide they don't want to be with me that's how I felt but now as an adult I realized when they say it's them it was really yeah. them rather than me but and that came from well again my dad didn't love me so why should they I now want to for the pure fact that especially my eldest and even my youngest, they ask me, Mummy, why don't we have a daddy? Can we get a daddy? And I'm like, yeah, hopefully one day I'll meet a daddy for for you guys. So I want it for me. I want that companionship. I want that fun. You know, I want to be able to sit on the sofa and watch a show with someone and we just banter about things, you know what I mean? Mm. In that way, I'd, I'd love that to happen. I just want whoever steps into my life is willing to accept me and my children and be a dad of some f kind to them. Hopefully yeah. just a dad full stop, even though a stepdad, and vice versa because of the way life is at the moment. Men out there, they've got children, so I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to take you because you've got children. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that, you know, you've lived your life, so if you've got children, you've got children. Mm -hmm. Those things don't worry me, but I just want someone that will respect me enough to to love me enough love laid bare anyone out there that is looking for a parent be it your mother or be it your father or even siblings don't give up do not give up at all because it took me years but Ultimately, even with all of the sadness that is tinged in it, 
I did it. I found him. I told my mum when I was three years old, when I grow up, I'm going to find my dad. And I found him. Maybe not the way I wanted to, but I did find him. So just keep on doing your search and it, you will find that person. I think Karen is a great testament to not giving up. Um, I think I wrote it actually in um, the blog piece that went with her adoption interview. Because I think when, you, when you're adamant and when you set an intention, you will always get what you want, Yeah. essentially. You know, your, you know, your first story regarding the adoption process and, you know, when you, when, you, when you saw the baby on TV and you said, that's my daughter. Mm. And so said, so done. So I think it is important that, you know, when you really want something, don't give up. No. And Karen is testament to that. And I'm, and I'm learning because, like you asked me about relationships, and I've, I'm getting there, I'm not there, but I know as long as I've lived, wanted to find him and wanted to become a mum. And I'm like, God, if those are the only two things you give me, do not let me die without those things happening. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, and I'm here, and I've done it. And I need to have the same 100%, 1,000% belief that I am worthy to be loved by someone completely who will love me and not hurt me. And then I know once I'm in that place, it will happen. It will happen. High five. Thank you. It will definitely happen. Okay, well, we're going to um, wrap up the conversation now. Karen, again, thank you so much. No, thank you for allowing me to no, share. thank you for blessing us with your story. Honestly, um, I'm, so, I'm so blessed and inspired that I have people that are so willing to come onto the platform and share their kind of vulnerabilities and, you know, talk about their experiences. And guys... And like I always say, if there's anything that you've been affected by in terms of what we've spoken about, um, please visit the resources page. I will find some support services, mm. maybe some family search websites or whatever I can. I'll pop those onto the where, onto the resources page. And, and, and anyone that is looking, you can also tell them, I haven't given out her name, but the person that helped me, I'm still in contact with her on Facebook Fantastic. and I know that she still does it and if anyone wanted to I could also connect her to them and what she can do for them may help them find the location of that person or just information about that person mm -hmm. that they never had. Okay so how can they contact you? They can contact me via yourself. Okay. Yeah. So if you um, send me an email at lovelaidbear at gmail.com, um, you know, not growing up with a parent, this is the, kind of the second story we've had this season um, about, I don't know if you guys listened to the episode with um, Aaron from Raising Boys to Men. Mm. He spoke about his um, story um, about, you know, growing up, physically seeing his dad and his siblings on the same estate oh wow and not having nothing to do with them right. wow so you know um i feel like this is it's a little bit of a common theme um absentee fathers but i that might be a conversation for 
the conversation one day. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, guys, thank you again. I'm very very happy and privileged that you guys continue to tune in week after week. I will be back next week. Karen, thank you again yeah. so much. It has been my pleasure. Pleasure's all mine, honestly. Okay, guys, well, have a good week. Take care, and I love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Love. Made. Oh, how was that here? Bear.